Focus is what makes a winner. It is what defines the winner. And consistency is akin to focus. Focus means that you're coming back to the same thing consistently, the same goal, the same set of behaviors that you know push you forward to your goal. It's about being consistent, and consistency is a characteristic. And the basis of consistency is honesty. And this is something that you often would not think about because people don't talk about it. And often when people are inconsistent, no one calls you out. Why is that? Because on average, people have low standards. To be consistent is an extremely high standard. So few people are consistent. Where you find the real measure of what the truth is is when you look at your bank account. Because the numbers don't lie. When you look at your bank account, you'll see that you've been inconsistent. You'll see that you've been lying and you'll see that you've been focused. So what I'm encouraging you to do is be consistent. And it starts with the truth, meaning tell the truth firstly to yourself. I'm not talking about to the outside world, to other people. You don't have to tell other people, hey, I run five miles every day. I run 50 miles a week. You don't have to tell other people that. First, tell it to yourself and then do it for a couple months. And once you know that it's a part of you, as much as your blood and your heartbeat, it's a part of who you are, then feel free to tell someone else. Other than that, up until you get to that point, shut the fuck up. Why? Because that behavior might not be ingrained as much as you think. The good book in the Bible, you'll find that it says, or rather I should say it reads, let not many of you be teachers, for teachers are held to a higher standard. And what are teachers? Teachers are those who speak, who convey information. Every time we speak, we're conveying information. It says, don't be a teacher because you're high, held to a higher standard. What's the standard? It's not a standard of what you said. It's a standard of what you do. And so what I'm encouraging you to do is first, shut the fuck up. Build your habits. Be consistent on things that are actually meaningful based on the pursuits you want. Engage in those things regularly over a long period of time. Let your works speak for themselves. Then people will come to you for advice. They'll ask you about your habits. Then feel free to talk, but be brief and don't aggrandize. You always want to be in a situation where you're over-delivering. You under-promise, you over-deliver. That's in your personal life, and that's also in business. And just to tell you, for me, Say if you follow me on Instagram, which you can follow me at Marquette Devon, M-A-R-Q-U-E-T-T-D-A-V-O-N, if you so choose. I just say that if you want to peek at, you know, what's under the hood. But for example, I say that I exercise. If you see me on a vacation in Beijing, China, you'll see a motherfucker exercising in Beijing, China, because that's who I actually am. And I don't want to paint out a picture to say that I'm G.I. Joe I'm going to do it all day, every day, 365. It's not the case. Just recently, I was in the boxing gym on Thursday, got this shit beat out of me. <laughs> oh, that's funny to you? You're a sick person. I got this shot. Like, I had a mild concussion. I kid you not. I took a day off. Well, actually, I didn't take a day off because I went on a run that next day. I didn't take a day off. Actually, I didn't fucking take a day off. I, I, I fucking went for a long run after that with the concussion. You do need to rest. But most of the time, you're not being hard enough on yourself. Most of the time, you're bullshitting yourself and you're lying to yourself. To be focused is to be able to tell yourself the truth and constantly return to what you want. Me, I want to be a great boxer. So I constantly return to the idea that 
I must work out every day. I must work out harder than the other people who are working out. I must work out in extreme circumstances. I must not give up. My mind constantly returns to that and my mind will torture itself if I don't have that. It's focus that always comes up and I never go away from it. And everyone who's around me, they get sucked into it. That's what's on my mind. I'm gonna put it on your mind. That's what focus is. It's not a list that's only composed of people who are my friends. Some of the people on the list are indeed my friends. Some of the people on the list are indeed blood related to me. Some of the people on the list I don't know. Some of the people I don't know well. It's a reasonably short list, less than 20 people. It's a list of people I wanna regularly contact, like reach out to, people I wanna regularly offer favors to, people I wanna engage and build that relationship and build that rapport. Why? Because iron sharpens iron. You wanna be around people who are also stacking their chips. If they're stacking their chips, they don't need your chips. Now, the fact is, as a man, You definitely want to have yourself some money set aside in situations where your dependents need to rely on you. If you ever saw the movie A Bronx Tale, Sonny says to C, he says, nobody cares, which is not 100% true. Some people do care. I care. That's why I'm here sacrificing my time to share game. But generally speaking, when you go out in that cold world, nobody cares. Take care of yourself, number one. Need somebody. They reach into a hat and pull out the first name. They didn't need the best person. They needed somebody. So just putting your name in the hat sometimes gets you in the game. But the pimpin' will tell you there's always a back door, and the pimpin' is the one that finds the back door because you are slick. When I drop something, make sure you share it. Make sure you click the like button. If you have subscribed already, click the bell. Want to talk about the pimpin'. I don't blame you. It's funny, actually, earlier today, I got a question from a female about the pimping. So I've, I've kind of been in that uh, mindset. Let me re- reiterate that question to you. And you'll notice, as a matter of communication, when someone tells me something, I always make sure that I understand it. It's called being an active listener. listener. And gentlemen, I highly recommend you do that in personal and business life. Understanding is the basis of communications, it's the basis of success, it's the basis of empathy, it's the basis of being a mature man, you must understand. So his, let me make sure I understand, you are saying you wanna leverage the pimping so that you can work you a bitch or two or three or four and get what you want out of the bitch but not feel the negative emotions of having used someone. Is that what you're asking me? Would you agree that that was the summary of the question? I agree. So the first thing is number one, in life, you don't wanna use anyone. Another thing, when I say pay what you owe, that means that there's a level of fairness to everything. There's an even exchange. Let me get with you on this question. You think I'm not going to it, but I'm getting into it. Dig this. Karl Marx says the concept of profit itself means that someone got cheated. The concept of profit means someone got cheated. If there's a profit, it couldn't be a fair exchange. On the surface, that seems to make a lot of sense. I was like, damn. I was like 18 at the time. I was like, damn, you blew my mind. If there's a profit, meaning there's more money, somebody did get cheated, because where's the profit come from? If it's an even exchange, you wouldn't get profit, right? Meaning this, 
if you had a chair and I have a couch and you really want a couch and I really want a chair and we exchange, you shouldn't be any better off. I shouldn't be better off. We should be at the same level we were before because it was an even exchange. Or if I have $10 and you have a chair and I buy the chair from you and I give you $10 and you give me the chair, we should still be on equal footing. I should have a chair worth $10 and you should have $10. There should be no level of profit. That's what Karl Marx said. He said that an even exchange means there's no profit, there's no growth. That's fair. That's what communism is. Don't worry, I'm going to get back to the pimping. You might be like, damn, this nigga getting deep, but let me tell you what I mean. Everyone is seeking a different value, right? If you have a chair and I have a couch and we switch, we're not going to be equal even though you found what you gave me to be worth what I gave you. So if you had a chair and I had a couch and I gave you the couch, you gave me the chair, I wanted the chair and you wanted the couch. So now we're both better off because we got what we want. The profit is in getting what you want. It's partly emotional. The profit is partly psychological, right? So this is what I mean. If you got a bitch or two or three or four, remember you want your bitches in even teams. If a bitch comes to you and you work a Bentley out of the bitch, you work 100,000 out of the bitch, she gave you $100,000. Why? Because you gave her something. You might have given her game. You might have given her guidance. You might have given her self-esteem. You might have given her love. You might have given her structure. You might have given her family. You might have given her all of the above. And to her, that was worth $100,000. It was worth a Bentley. Pimp, pimp, hooray. I hope you understand what I'm telling you. No one gives anything for free. Everything is a fair exchange. That's what you have to understand about the pimping. If she gave you $100,000, you gave her $100,000 worth of game. Now, the pimping ain't for, for everybody. You got to have a strong stomach for the pimping. You have to have an iron will for the pimping. You got to be consistent. It's a whole different ball game. I don't recommend you tiptoeing it. You got to dive in that motherfucker. It has to be in you, not on you. You understand what I'm saying? The reason people look up to the pimping is because the pimping is not on the level of a peasant or a peon. A pimp is extraordinary. That's why a woman goes to the pimp because he's more than all these other suckers and jokesters. All right? So that's why a woman would go in pairs of two, three, four, five, six. They'll go to a pimp and they'll split the pimp six, seven, eight, nine ways because a pimp is six, seven, eight, nine times more valuable than this other sucker. So increase your value and that will make your pimp hand tremendously strong. That answer, I'm not going to ask you if that answers your question. That answered your, if you paid attention to the whole shit, that answered your question. We got anything else? That was Droney? Yeah. Okay, Droney, what up, man? It's good to see you, brother. Confidence comes from a couple different sources. The original origin of confidence will come from childhood. You'll meet a lot of people who are confident for no fucking reason. <laughs> and you'll be like, why is this dumb, fat, idiotic son of a bitch so confident? is because they were nourished in childhood the right way. So I can tell you one great advantage I had over most of us is when I was a young boy, my, my mother was on crack cocaine, um, which is not a unique story, right? And eventually I was taken away from my mother and I had to go with my grandmother who was retired, which means that she had a lot of spare time, which means that I was 
paid attention to. I was guided. I was treated like a king. I was treated like a man as a boy taught I will grow into a man. Niggas was seven, six, eight years old sitting at the head of the table. You got all these people at the table. If I'm the only male, I'm the oldest male, I'm sitting at the head of the table as a little boy. And there's grown-ass women around the table. That's going to make you confident. Because when you're a young boy, you're taught, your identity is you will grow into a man. A man is the leader. You are born for this. And look, you don't need to be taught it. It's in you already. You were born a male and males grow into men. You are the leader. You have the goods. So when you get brought up like that and also brought up knowing who you are, talking about a literal level of loving being a black person, knowing what it means to be black and knowing that that's a privilege and you appreciate that, that's going to give you tremendous confidence. That's number one. And a parallel to that, look at the Nazis under Hitler. He told them that they were Aryan supermen and they performed like it. They almost would have taken over the world had he not opened up a war on two fronts. One front against the Russians, another front against the British and the Americans eventually. A double front war. But when you look at Germany on the map, you'll find it's a small little country. But they were very much so first in the world in physics, in anthropology, in music, in philosophy. Hegel, Marx, Germans, Einstein, Germans. Wait, was Einstein a German? Fact check that shit. But a lot of the most brilliant people, I want to say Einstein, or was it Freud? It was Freud or Einstein. One of their ancestors were Germans. They fled Germany. I'll have to check. Um, But a lot of these people were very confident, not only because of what they were taught as a child. German born? Facts are exquisite. A lot of these people are confident because of what they were taught as a child. And if you didn't get that, You can't turn back into a fucking kid and go get that confidence. But that's just step one to my answer. Step number two, when you make your body strong and hard and vigorous and you feel vitality physically, you will be more confident. A lot of folks are always wondering why boxers and fighters are so cocky and arrogant. Well, part one is you have to sell the fight. Part two is you're in tremendous physical shape. Not only physical shape, to where a boxer can go out and run 10 miles, then jump rope 30 minutes, then fight a nigga 12 rounds, back to back to back to back. You also have the mental fortitude to do those things. You have the emotional control. You know you're screwed on totally different than these other people walking the street. Another reason, you have the goods. You're confident, projecting confidence, because you know there's something inside of you that you're gonna deliver outward. Also, I'm going to tell you, money helps. Like, I can't lie to you. Like, when I have money, like, my smile is so much more vibrant. Money definitely helps. But here's the key. Money shouldn't matter because you will lose money. You will lose many things. You may not be religious, but in the Quran, it tells you Allah or God will take many things away and challenge you with many things, challenge you with ill health, challenge you with poverty challenge you with death of your loved ones. And the question is, after all of those things, who are you? Confidence is a decision. And here's the kicker. Most people are fucking lying. That's why when I started this talk, I said, honesty is the key and be honest with yourself to start with. Most people are lying. 
They're projecting confidence, but they're really not confident. Some people are the real deal. Your goal is to be the real deal. And to be the real deal, you really have to have the goods inside of here. Comes from knowledge, comes from physical fitness, comes from upbringing, comes from being learned and knowledgeable. And it comes from being humble. People don't think of confidence and humble coming together. What's more confident than being humble? Meaning you can go into a situation where you don't know something and say, I don't know, or say, I need to learn. Like me, in all of my sanctioned boxing matches, I've won unanimous decisions. But all the same, despite all those victories, being humble is the most confident thing there is. And you can only be confident when you really know what's inside. And you only really know what's inside when you test it. If you're trying to spend time enjoying rich foods, your head's fucked. That's not where life is. That's not where the big joy in life is. But don't be an asshole. Every now and then, feel free to go and have a nice meal. Try to coordinate things. So if you have a woman you actually care about, you can have that nice meal with her if she deserves it. But me, I'm not about eating out. I hate eating out. If I have an option to eat at home, I love eating at home. I love being thankful to any person that would prepare me a meal because it's always more delicious, more healthy, better cleaning, uh, better standards, and you know what went into it when you eat at home. Discipline is in your mind. It is not being merciful with yourself. You show yourself too much mercy. That's the problem. I do it too. I kid you not. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and think, oh, I should, I should eat before I work out. You know what? Sometimes you don't have that luxury. Get your ass up and start running. Put on your running clothes and start running. I bet you won't die. That should be the question in your head when you're asking if you can do something. Am I going to die? If the answer is not yes, if it's not 100% yes, probably do it, okay? When you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't have time to do, 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 you know, maybe I should eat first. No, go exercise. Will it kill me? Am I going to die for sure? If the answer is not yes, you're going to die for sure, go do it. Don't be merciful with yourself. But here's the key to discipline. It's why. Why are you doing fill-in-the-blank thing? Don't be disciplined for no reason. I'm disciplined because I got a fucking concussion three days ago. I didn't get a concussion just because. It didn't happen because I'm boxing. It happened because, one, I hadn't been fighting frequently enough. My travel schedule, I hadn't been in a boxing gym. I've been getting my cardio in, but I hadn't been fighting. And there's nothing like throwing hands. And as a result, when I was in there and I'm throwing hands, my cardio was pretty good, but my timing was off, my defense was off, which means he was, he was lulling me to sleep. He was doing psychological warfare on me. I was throwing 10 punches. We're just spunk throwing 10 punches. He's taking them all because he has shorter reach. He couldn't get to me. I'm throwing 10 punches. I'm not really moving my head. Next thing you know, overhand right, vicious. And the reason that happened, the reason I wasn't ready for that, I haven't been engaging in war. Napoleon Bonaparte said, the best soldiers are the soldiers who are constantly at war. If you're not constantly at war, you will not be a good soldier. If you're not constantly fighting, you won't be a great boxer. Discipline, why? Why be disciplined? I need to be disciplined in my fitness because I want to be a great boxer and I don't have a fucking concussion. Because I can tell you, I have like a headache for like four days. So it's extremely unpleasant. That's why. Figure out why. And when you figure out why, leverage that 
to be disciplined. How to stop comparing yourself to others. Reason number one, you don't actually know what your neighbor's true circumstances are. You have no idea whatsoever. That's the important part. You literally cannot compare because you don't have complete information. You have incomplete information. So that's number one. It's impossible. Number two, Hindu proverb reads as follow. Be superior to your previous self. Don't be superior to anyone else. Be superior to who you were yesterday. Because the truth is comparing yourself to other people will never make you happy. Here's why. None of us are equal. And you can quote me on that. I said none of us are equal. None of us. Man to man, we're not equal. Man to woman, we're not equal. We're all very different. And there is a natural hierarchy to the world. If you compare yourself to other people, you will always set up the game so that you lose the game. Here's why. For example, let's say you are a track star and you're about to run the 100-yard dash against Usain Bolt. You're six foot, he's six three. You do all of the same training. You have an identical training schedule, identical diet. He's gonna beat you in the race. Why is that? He's three inches taller, his legs are longer, his neck is longer. When he leans forward, he has an additional three to six inches. So he's gonna finish the race faster than you. There's no equality. What you should be figuring out is not can you run faster than Usain Bolt, can you run faster than you ran yesterday or last week? The truth is human happiness comes from progress. That's all you really want is to establish a worthy goal and to make progress toward that goal. My best recommendation to you is to get yourself really in shape physically and mentally, build valuable knowledge that will drive you toward your goals, be extremely humble and happy and be of service to other people, be a pleasant person. When people experience you, it should be like a, a cool breeze on a hot day. They should remember you and miss you. And if you do those three things, women will attract to you. And when you have yourself a good woman and you have all of those aforementioned three characteristics, you will live a very happy life as long as you are making progress toward worthy goals. Another thing on not comparing yourself to other people, as I told you, I literally know two bitches that work at Steak and Shake. And if you, you're from Cali like I am, you're like, what the fuck is Steak and Shake? Steak and Shake is like a lower version of In-N-Out. Steak and Shake is like five guys. A lower version of five guys. Two chicks who work at Steak and Shake. And if you looked at their Instagram, you think these bitches are like paid models. But they're not. They're making like $8 an hour. They smell like grease and onions at the end of every 13-hour shift they work. They live in a small town and don't do anything really interesting. But to hear them tell it on Instagram, they will be in a fucking dressing room at H&M or at Zara and they'll take a picture in an outfit they can't afford because they're just in the dressing room, right? Don't compare yourself to other people. You're a man at the end of the day. Focus on yourself. Focus on your goals. Make progress. It's not about where you're running in this race in relation to other people. It's about where you achieve relative to your, start, your starting line. As I said in the book that I'm writing, in the foreword, I tell the reader, 
This is not a story of a great man. This is a story of a person just like you, struggling to make tomorrow better than yesterday. The real important part about my story is not how far I've come relative to other people. It's about how far I've come relative to where I started. Have pride in that, have joy, and be humble. You don't have to compare yourself to other people. You're probably living a really good life, and if you're healthy, you should be happy. Someone asked the best way to gain knowledge. Ooh, that's, that's a tricky one. I believe his name is Jared. Okay, check this out. The best way to gain knowledge depends on what kind of knowledge you need and what you need it for. Some things you can learn in a book. Some things you cannot learn in a book. For example, when I was 12 years old and I wanted to start selling certain illicit products, I couldn't learn how to do that in a book. That had to happen through mentorship. So it was basically an apprenticeship that allowed me to learn that particular skill set. Some things you want to read. Let me give you a book recommendation. And by the way, don't ever send me a physical book unless you wrote it because I'm very busy and I, I move around a lot. I can't have physical objects. <clears throat> um, but I will give you a, a book recommendation. Aside from the book I'm writing, which will be a masterpiece, um, and you'll never hear me give book recommendations. So write this down. Listen to this book on audio if you can. Read this book if you can. Reconsume it as many times as possible. The book is called, and by the way, I try to never say people's names or never endorse products unless I'm making a penny or have a relationship. I have no relationship whatsoever. I'm telling you this because this is fucking knowledge. The book is entitled The Richest Man in Babylon. That book is a great guidance to you. That book will help you Manage your personality and your finances and personal discipline if you follow the pages of that book. But the key to anything in life is how bad do you want it? If you want it bad enough, oh, you'll find a way. I promise you. So really get your mind twisting so that you really want it more than anything. And you can't want everything. Want one or two things. Marcus Aurelius says, do as few things as possible. You're curious who Marcus Aurelius is. He is a Stoic philosopher. He was also formerly one of the emperors of Rome, one of the most respected ones because he lived in a modest way. You talked about discipline. Living modestly is a really important thing. It'll save you a lot of money. It'll also make you comfortable irrespective of how your bank account fluctuates. It'll bring people to admire the way you live because you will have a level of peace in living modestly. Marcus Aurelius produced a work called The Meditations of Marcus Aurelius, which is a very sophisticated volume but gives you lots of game. Um, so, so that's a good one. Uh, another person mentioned having an interesting lifestyle. You really have to ask, who's your lifestyle going to be interesting to? First, it should be interesting to you, not other people. You got to remember, forget all these other people, man. At the end of the day, they don't really care about you for the most part. And I, I don't say that to be pessimistic. I say that because here's an example. I have a lot of folks who will go on my YouTube videos and like say things like, well, why don't you bring on some black women on? I, I want to hear from some, from some black women. Or, you know, why don't you have a black girlfriend, a black wife? Which I absolutely love black women. 
especially black women who are really black, meaning they have natural hair. But here's the thing. They'll say those things, but do they ever introduce me to a black woman? Do they ever find the best looking black woman they know or the most accomplished or the most respectable and say, hey, I want to introduce you to Marquette Burton. He's a successful entrepreneur. Do they do that? No. They just go on and they criticize or poke holes. I say that to say other people who are watching your lifestyle, it doesn't need to be interesting to them because they don't care. It needs to be interesting to you, right? Impress yourself. That should be your goal. Now, I think I have a reasonably interesting lifestyle, but it's the truth of my life. But even still, you can't know the wholeness of my life unless you live with me and are with me on a daily basis. And I really yearn to convey that to people because most people don't know that there are days where I wake up and start working and I work the whole day until it's time to sleep at 3 a.m. Then I sleep for five hours. I do the same thing for four days straight. And sometimes I don't shower at all, literally. Not because I think it's cool, because I don't want to, because I'm fucking locked in. I don't ever have a motherfucker watching me on Instagram like, look at this nigga Marquette. This nigga ain't showered in three days. This nigga over here smell like sardines. He eating sardines. He ain't showered. He smells horrible. Like, no one's filming that on Instagram. You don't get to see what builds up to the lifestyle that you find to be interesting. So really live for yourself, man. And I really want this community we have of people who are tuned in right now I want this to be a support network for one another because if you're tuned in watching this, nine out of 10, you're an honest person, you're an ambitious person, you're a person who hungers for knowledge, who's looking for more, you're a good person. There's not a lot of you. I want you all to enrich one another and to be honest in commerce and in dealing with one another because there's a lot of obstacles out there to overcome. And when you're thriving and when you're shining, I want you to be very generous with people who are worthwhile, with people in this community, with people you love. If you're not winning, you shouldn't have any pride. And I can tell you, being humble is, a, is something I work on. I, I wouldn't even describe myself as humble. I've had a few other people describe me as humble, and that means the world to me. I wouldn't describe myself as humble, but I can assure you, I strive for that every day to go in and if I walk into a, like when I'm traveling around to different cities, I might go into a boxing class or a boxing gym and I kid you not, there's all children there. And I get humble. If they're teaching a class, I do the class that the kids are doing. I don't give a fuck. I'm there to learn. If I see them showing somebody how to throw a proper jab and it's an eight-year-old kid, I'm watching. Every time I spar, I always ask the person I sparred with the trainer and the coach, whoever was watching, what can I learn? What would you recommend? Because, hey, I don't care if you're Bill Gates or um, Warren Buffett. There's always someone ahead of you in some way, financially, romantically, spiritually. There's always something you can learn, and you never have enough to be arrogant. And I can tell you, pride and arrogance will always embarrass you in the end. This is what I mean. I, true story. I used, when I first started my tech company, I was in Orange County, California. Now, Orange County is known for having a lot of ballers, granted. I had a young man that worked for me, still was so humble. We went to a business meeting one day. Kid's name is AJ. We show up to the business meeting, we do our thing, then we're walking out of the building. 
I'm parked right in front of the building. I got a BMW drop um, two-seater. And I'm looking around to see where AJ's hoopty is. And I don't see a car. I was like, you want to hop in my hoop? I'll drop you off. He's like, oh, no, nah, man, I'm good. I was like, dog, like, I could drop you off at your car. I drop you off at home. It doesn't matter. You, you sure? He's like, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm cool. I, I kind of parked around the, around the way. I'm good. I'm going to walk over there. I was like, you sure? He's like, all right. I was like, dude, all right, man. So I hop in the car, leave. Business meeting comes again. Same thing. I come outside of the meeting. My car's there. Where's his car? AJ, you need me to take you to your car? He's like, no, nah, no. Nah. I was like, okay. And I forget exact. I think I just had a tire replaced because um, the, the, the two-seater BMW Z4, they have run flat tires. So if you get a flat tire, you can drive on it for another 100 miles just fine. Um, and as you know, racing cars, they don't, they're very close to the ground. And driving through Hollywood, there's a lot of potholes, tremendous number of potholes in Hollywood. And so I cracked my wheel. And so I had to have another wheel ordered from like New Jersey or some shit. And the wheel cost a fortune. And I was telling AJ, I was like, God damn. I was like, man, this wheel cost a fortune. I was like, but hey, if you want to ride clean, that's just the cost. He was like, yeah, man, I feel you. I was like, man, I was like, I'm thinking about getting the new one. I was like, did you see how the new convertible top goes on the Z4? Man, that shit is like magic, man. It's like some Batman shit. It goes in like three seconds. The top comes out. It's crazy. And he's like, oh, man, that's dope. And then, you know, we part ways. I hop in the drop. He goes wherever it is, cars, and so I'm leaving this meeting. I pull up to a red light, and when I pull up to the red light, I see a motherfucker in a Bentley. And every time I see a Bentley or something like that, I like to see who the person is just to motivate me, just to look at him and say, like, oh, I could beat this nigga. Let me, let me hustle harder. Like, let me hustle harder. So I pull up to the red light, and I lean forward and look to see who's in the bent. My fucking employee, AJ. This kid was like 25. In a fucking Bentley, the new one. And I look and he looks back at me like, and I'm just like, this nigga right here. Number one, how is it you have a fucking Bentley and the CEO of your company is making more money than you and has an inferior car? How is it you have a Bentley and you never mentioned it? How is it you have a Bentley and either you're embarrassed or you're trying to stay low-key, you be parking that motherfucker around the corner like it's a station wagon, like you embarrassed. I remember when I was in fucking middle school in the hood in L.A., my mom used to come pick me up in a piece of shit station wagon. I'm like, Mom, just, just leave that shit down the fucking block. I'll meet you down the block. Niggas is making fun of me. Don't pull that shit up to the school, please. This nigga's treating the bent like it's a station wagon. Can't even pull this shit up to the meeting. I saw this nigga AJ like a week later. And I was like, AJ, you ain't tell me you got the bent, bruh. What'd it do? He was like, oh man, you know, it's not really mine. Like I have to drive it because my dad is, my dad's a very successful businessman. And he says that if I'm not driving a really nice car, people are not going to know that we have money and they're not going to want to do like multi-million dollar deals with us. So I kind of have to drive it, but I would really prefer like a Prius or like a hybrid, something that's better on the environment. I don't really want to drive it. It's kind of embarrassing. He's like, I hate showing up places in it. I'm like, God damn. Now, as you can tell, AJ grew up with money. As you can tell. Only motherfuckers who grew up with money are embarrassed by Bentleys. Ignorant people love Bentleys. At this stage in life, I don't want a Bentley. Primarily because if I crack the wheel, I don't want to have to order it from a foreign country or from like the other side of America and pay an arm and a leg for it. And I travel a lot. I don't even drive that much. 
But I say all that to say, me being arrogant, talking to the kid about my little convertible Z4, blah, blah, blah. This nigga got a Bentley. He could have bought two or three of my cars. Being humble will always favor you. Always. So that's how you stop pride from getting in the way of you moving forward. At the end of the day, if you really want something, man, get grimy, stay disciplined, hunt it down consistently. I say love who loves you. If somebody shows love for you, show them love back. Because I cannot tell you how many people say, oh, we're going to donate. And as a man, I always advise you, number one, don't say too much. But if you do say something, live by your words. Don't talk about it. Be about it. You guys are always about it. So I'm going to be about it for you. Uh, what questions do you have? Our Venmo is Marquette Devon. This is never going to happen, but imagine Bernie Sanders became president. Not going to happen. But just imagine <laughs> Bernie Sanders gets elected president. Stock market is going to crash immediately. Immediately. Shit's crashing. If you can, take what's called a short position. In stocks, in paper assets, in cryptocurrency, you can take a short position, which essentially means that you're betting that the asset will continue declining in value. Then you'll make money while the stock market is crashing. Then once it's reached its final crash point, meaning it's not going to go any lower, then you go and start buying things that you know for sure are going to recover. And you have to think logically. When people are in poverty, what are they going to eat more of? Spam, because it's cheap. Sardines, because they're low cost and also very healthy. Right? Like, I mean, it has a lot of nutrients in it. So sardines are going to go. Uh, spam is going to fly off the shelves. Certain staples will be good things to invest in. Other things will be bad buys, right? Luxury brands will not recover straight away. But here's the thing. If you're paying, playing a long game, certain companies ain't going nowhere. So if there's a crash in the market, get some Apple. Get some Microsoft. It's not going anywhere, right? Those are good buys when the market crashes. I don't do stock primarily because you need a lot of money to really like play well in stock or you need a lot of money for short trading or like day trading or you need a lot of knowledge or you need to play a long game. So if you say I got you know 20,000, whatever the case is, 15,000 that I want to set aside, not touch for five years or more, put it in a stock. Doesn't even really matter where you put it. On average, the stock market does this. It's been doing that since ever. So stock is pretty fucking reliable. An early stage tech company, you can meet the founders. Probably just two people. Might be a few enough people for you to invite them to your living room. Hear what they're doing. Get a demo of the technology. Talk through their financials. You can write them a $10,000, $25,000 check. And then you look up three years later, they've 10x the fucking check. You understand? And more importantly, you can get a clear sense of what that company is likely to do because you can talk directly to the CEO. You can get a clear sense of if that CEO is reliable or if he's a crook. Right now, read the news. WeWork, the CEO of WeWork, basically is being outed as a criminal, right? Now, that's a public company. It's a big company. A lot of people are going to lose money. That's going to tank. And WeWork, I think, owns other companies like 
meetup.com, for example. So you're going to see stock prices tanking. Now, people who invested into WeWork, that was a big old thing. They didn't know the CEO of that company was a crook. But when you're investing in small startup companies, it's, you know, it's eye to eye. Also, franchises aren't terrible things. I think I mentioned Steak and Shake a million times. I swear to God, I'm not trying to promote Steak and Shake. But I'm pretty sure for $10,000, you can partner up with them and open up a Steak and Shake. A friend of mine, whom I'm no longer friends with, but I remember, I kid you not, bro, when I was an undergrad, he was doing numbers. He was doing due diligence on Steak and Shake as an undergrad in like 2008. Like, goddamn, it's like a decade ago. He was say, telling me then that Steak and Shake was a great business because he went through all the numbers. You start a franchise for $10,000. First thing is save up enough capital to do something with, and then once you get that capital, figure out what your best move is. Something like that, you really need to talk through specifics. So that's the kind of thing I really advise you to get with me or to get with someone that you trust and really have a meaningful consultation. Important thing to understand, most people consider themselves business coach, life coach, financial advisor. These fucking people are broke. I've met many of them. I've been in Manhattan in the mecca of money and met gorgeous chicks fresh out of college who are trying to tell me that they're financial advisors. I'm like, how in the fuck are you a financial advisor and you're 24 and you don't have two pennies to rub together? What the fuck can you advise me on? You don't, you've never made money yourself. You've never done anything with money. You're not a financial advisor. You're a kid who went to a good college and got a decent job and you have family connections, but you're damn sure not a financial advisor. I'll tell you that right now. So get with someone that you trust and get with someone who's not trying to make money off of you. Get with someone who's not trying to make money off of advice, okay? Me, I'm a businessman. I don't make money off of giving you advice. I make money off of products and services. I make money off, off of selling technology to medical institutions, to universities, to chambers of co uh, commerce. I make money off of those kind of deals. I make money off of products. I produce a women's wrap skirt. I produce a men's velvet slipper. I produce men's suits. Those are products. If someone's trying to make money off of giving you advice, financial advisors, don't fuck with them. Be real with the person you're talking to. Let them know your real financial situation. Get them to tell you what the true risk and the true reward is of their advice and make your move based on that and never over leverage yourself. By over leverage, I mean don't bet the whole house on something. But if you have a good opportunity that you're really certain of, pour your money in. Because at the end of the day, there are not huge opportunities for 10x all the time. One thing I can tell you, when Donald Trump was about to run for election the first time, I knew he was going to win. At the time, I was not aware that you could literally bet on the outcomes of elections. Had I known, I would have bet every penny that he was going to win. Why? Because I was 100% certain. Because I had insider knowledge. Why did I have insider knowledge? Unlike most people, I'm traveling all around the world. So I have a much keener pulse on the US population because I'm doing business at all levels in technology, in textiles, in fashion, in entertainment. I know all types of people from the big cities and I take holiday in rural Pennsylvania. And one thing I noticed in rural Pennsylvania, which had never happened before, the Amish 
which are motherfuckers who don't use electricity. They don't even use zippers because it's too much technology. They use buttons. I hang out with these people. I have friends who are Mennonite. They do not endorse political candidates. Obama was so liberal that the Mennonites and the Amish and the Jawangers and all these really religious zealots, they were backing Trump. Not because they agree with him, but because they knew he would roll back a lot of the LGBTQ legislation and a lot of the incursions of the federal government on the state's rights and on religious rights. So I knew there was something going on in America that the CNN polls couldn't assess because CNN is not polling Amish people, right? And the Amish are throughout the country and the religious communities are throughout the country. And the difference between a religious person on average and a average American who's secular is religious people tend to do what they say. I know that sounds counterintuitive because often religious people can be hypocritical, but on average, they're more likely to do what they say and religious people are actually the wealthiest people in America. Look, do your research. The Jewish people, the Muslim people, the Mormons, they're the, one of the top three wealthiest classes of people in America. So I knew that there was, I had a unique knowledge. I would have bet all my money that Trump was going to win the first time around. I say that to say, when you find a unique opportunity like that, bet everything. Because that's going to 10x your money. Once you've 10x your money and you're sitting on a million, Turning 100,000 to a million is a lot of work. That's why you got to take a big gamble. When you get a million, turning 1 million into 2 million is inevitable. Remember that. 100,000 to a million, hard work. 1 million to 2 million, 1 million to 8 million, inevitable. It almost does it on its own. 